What it do, what it do. Welcome into the Common Fan. I'm Austin Dunstan. Joined today by... Nathan Massey. Okay, all right. That's enough. (laughs) I've had enough of you already. Happy Friday, even though it's Thursday when we're recording. Hold on, I got a, I got a horse in my throat. Is that a thing? <clears throat> Skibbity doop blah. <clears throat> Excuse me. We good? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we were good. <laughs> this is the worst start. I don't start. know what happened this on that. I don't start. know what happened on that end of the start, but all right. This is the you common fan. You pause. Uncut. You a brief pause, and I was like, I've got to jump in on this opportunity, and then from there it went downhill. <laughs> well, no, I was letting the music play, bro. You got to get a little dramatic, you know? God, it's like, and I'm here. I'm Nathan Messi. Oh, <laughs> no way! <laughs> if you heard that noise, Nathan Massey has just hung up on me. <laughs> I don't know what to do now. Um, here he is. Right <laughs> Yo, <laughs> hello. Did you just hang up on me? No, you hung up on me. We're still live, bro. <laughs> Dude, it just literally just cut off. Bro, I literally, I was talking trash and just hear, (laughs) (laughs) Bro, okay, well, (laughs) welcome into the common fan. I'm most obviously definitely the common fan. We are so unprofessional. We're sorry, but hey, happy Friday once again. I feel like we're starting over the show, but man, Massey, how you been, buddy? I've been doing pretty good. Just same old, same old on this part. So how have you been? Man, I've been doing okay. Uh, I do have a bone to pick with you, though. All right. It's it has to do with our fantasy football league. Oh, okay. Let me hear it. Because my team is far superior to your team, right? I just disagree. I'm talking just way no, like way better. We're not even playing the same ball game. You're playing fantasy soccer, and I am dead last in the league. <laughs> I was gonna say, Dunstan, may I remind you, week five, <laughs> I haven't pulled up. 161.92 wait, 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 for Massey. Wait, did 143.36 we... Bro, <laughs> I didn't know we played. <laughs> yes, and I smacked you. Dude, well, okay, but hey, you know my team is kind of cold, right? It's kind of good. Like, I have a pretty good team. Yeah. Right? Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I have the second most points scored in the league. Now, before you say who has the first, shut up. Okay. <laughs> who had the first last week? That would be your boy Dunstan, right? And I think I'm three and six, maybe four and six now. Yeah, I think you're getting a little bit unlucky. I think people are having good weeks against you. Yeah, because, like, last week I had the most points scored in the league by, like, 20. And then I also had the most points scored against me in the league by, like, over 100. Is that not ridiculous, bro? That is kind of crazy. Now now listen, okay? (laughs) All right. (laughs) I have a proposition for you. Let's hear it. Okay, so you're going to make the playoffs. Like, congratulations, I'll get you a cookie or something. You're going to make the playoffs. But I'm I'm at the bottom fighting for my life, bro. Okay? Okay. Who else is in our league? You know, we got Luke's in our league, Colton's in our league, uh, Brandon's in the league, Braxton's in the league, uh, Braxton's mom and dad and wife are in the league. I think that's everybody. If I'm not. No, you're missing uh, McTeer. Oh, McTeer, McTeer, yeah. McTeer's also in the league. Okay, but listen, but listen, are you listening? Yeah, okay, here. now hear me out. Do you know who you play the last week of the regular season? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm just going to take a shot with Dark Shade to you. That's right, you do. <laughs> now, if I'm on the border, hopefully Braxton doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> or anybody or Brandon, else Or Brandon, or Luke. <laughs> they I might. I mean, just anybody that you just named probably listens. Yeah, so. 100%. 
I mean, they're, I they're part of the common fan staff. Yeah, we're about to find out. This is right at the beginning, too. This is good. Okay, but last week, at the last week of the season, if I'm one game out, bro, you have to throw the game and allow me to make the playoffs. You have to. What if I'm on the borderline? What if I have Bro, two bad you're weeks not. You're not. Borderline? You're not. You're not. You're like well, number one in the league, right? No, I'm number two. Who's number I'm one? Behind Craig is. He's seven and three. Bro, what? Okay, well, yeah. if you're on, if you're on, if if you are on the bump, and I'm not even close, I'll throw. And then okay. if I if you're in and I'm on the the bubble, you're gonna have to throw. Now, unless we get I caught, if we get it. caught. <laughs> if somebody listens to this, I'm going to deny everything. Okay? Okay, deal. So, it, deal. listen, Brandon, Braxton, freaking Luke. Luke's the type of guy to do I know he would. He'd tweet about it. If you're listening oh, yeah, right now, know. Luke, this is for you. I'm going to deny everything. Okay? <laughs> Not a thing. So, <laughs> and you won't have any – you have no audio evidence. There will be them. no audio evidence. <laughs> <laughs> That you can't prove that this is Austin Dunstan, right? This could be anybody talking right now. So there's no hard evidence that I'm plotting to to cheat, man. That's are we going to ignore the fact that we introduced ourselves to start the show? Shh, no, 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 no. Look, look, look. <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about that. Okay, we're just going to okay. leave that alone. Um, I am, you know, I'm really bad about that, dude. I care about winning so much that I'm like super <laughs> willing to bend and break the rules to win. I will. I will have to admit. I I feel like I'm a pretty competitive person, and you can ask people that are very close to me that I am pretty competitive. Yeah. But I have hands down never met somebody in my life <laughs> more competitive than you are, dude. And it is almost. I mean, it is borderline unhealthy sometimes. It's there, so bad for, for all the listeners out there. There have been multiple times. Where me and Dunstan are playing a quote-unquote fun game Bro, of chill. some site. And it just it doesn't end well. And then I either have to end up losing so the way I don't lose a friend. Yep. Or I win and then just I just wear the brunt of the yeah, anger. Of me just being mad. Because I am, dude, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sore winner. But I'm also such a sore loser, bro. I'm such a sore loser. I think before <laughs> me and you were – I used to hate you. I don't know if we've told this story before, but fun fact about, about me and Matt. Here, I go into it because we don't have anything planned, obviously. If you couldn't tell by now, Massey's already hung up on me once and we're seven minutes in. Okay. <laughs> I did not hang up. <laughs> Dude, go back and listen. No, whatever. Okay. <laughs> but whenever Massey was a freshman in high school, right, I played we, – we both played baseball and I was the, the shortstop quote unquote. I was I was going to be the shortstop. My freshman year I was the first baseman and I switched over. And Massey with his freaking big head I'm sorry, that was mean. Um freaking big yeah, eyes. Well, there you go. <laughs> looked up he was well not looked up at me. You're probably bigger than me. Doesn't matter. He looked at me and was like, <laughs> So in order for me to play, all I've got to do is beat you out at shortstop, right? And I was just like, I'm sorry, what did you just say to me? You little pip squeak? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all I gotta do is beat you out. So I hated Nathan Massey for like the first. Keep in mind, by the way, real quick, I just need to interject for just a moment. Go ahead, go ahead. For all the listeners out there, this has been a highly debated okay. conversation. Well, <laughs> and and I and I will say this: this is my two cents on it. Yeah, I was trying to fight for a spot. Right. I don't recall telling right. Dunstan that I had to beat him out at shortstop. It happened, but and I'll, I'll, also I'll put remember, in I am a I am a catcher. 
so I don't know why I would be trying to go for the shortstop position. Yeah. So there are holes. Now, I'm not saying that it doesn't mean it 100% doesn't happen. That would happen. I just don't remember it, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. But we've clearly, clearly we've moved past this, uh, well, even though we're talking about it seven years later. <laughs> Dude, was it really seven years ago? Oh, my yeah, God, it was. Or, it's six or six and a half, I think. Okay, but let me say this now that I've gotten out of the way, okay? Looking back, now that I know you, I know that like you didn't mean you didn't mean it the way that I took it. Like Yeah. It yeah. wasn't like undermining like my abilities or whatever the crap. I mean, I wasn't that special. But like you weren't you weren't you didn't mean it that way. And even though I took it that I so but but for like the first six months that I knew you, I hated you. Yeah. And then I mean, I, and then there I can were, see why. there was this one time that we played Madden. Why don't you go ahead and tell the Madden story? It's embarrassing for oh. me. <laughs> okay. So Wait, was it Madden or NCAA? Work. It was Madden. No, it was it was Madden. It had to be Madden. And Dunstan, God. we were over at Teal's house, and we were hanging out, and we were playing Madden and all sorts of like NHL and stuff. And I think we were starting off at NHL, and I'm terrible. I'd never played the game before. That was a story of its own. That story for a different day is also hilarious. <laughs> but me, I don't even remember the NHL story. It doesn't matter. Sorry, go ahead. It was just essentially it was just me and Matt being terrible. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> so me, Matt. Teal and Dunstan were playing in HL, and I was like, look, I'm terrible at this, but I can beat anybody in Madden. Oh, God. And Dunstan was like, no shot. There's no way. So he was so confident in his abilities yep. that yep. he he looked at me and he said, I will let you pick anybody in the league that I can play with. I'll play with the worst team, oh, and God. you can play with the best team. This is so And I was like, okay, deal. So I think at the time I picked you like the 0-16 Browns. It was a bad picked, team, yeah. Yeah, it was, they were bad, and I, I picked somebody that was good. I can't even remember who at the time. Yeah, it doesn't but matter. But I picked somebody that was good. So I ended up beating him the yeah. first game, and oh, then he had, he already didn't like that outcome, and then it turned into it's only because I'm playing with the like the uh, worst team. So I was like, okay, let's pick yeah. new teams then, and then we both <laughs> picked our teams. <laughs> Long story short, I still beat Dunstan, oh. and that was probably the most frayed our friendship has ever been oh, and ever God. will be. Bro. Was that night? I, I had to. We all just had to go home because there was just so much tension I, in the room. I'm telling you what, bro. <laughs> it's this is seven years later. Keep in mind, I, like still that story for you. Like I am so embarrassed that you beat me in Madden. <laughs> I it like I literally was over here like my face is one hundred percent red like I am so <laughs> embarrassed by losing. God. I think that that night really like it was a big stepping stone for our entire friend group though because we very quickly figured out that we can't play like meaningless yeah. games against each other. Like yeah. if we're gonna play, it's gonna matter, yeah. and so we just all need to be ready for that. And yeah. I think that honestly helped. It wasn't like we showed up like, oh, we're going to play a quick little two-on-two session of basketball. No, it was going to be hard. <laughs> fouls in the paint all day long. Oh, two yeah. Two. It didn't matter if we are playing on hardwood or asphalt or any anything in between. Yeah. We were going hard. And, I, I mean, it rang true, and it still does to this day. It's, it's, exactly. It's definitely still that way, man. I wouldn't have it any other way either. You know what I mean? Like, No, I, I completely agree. I feel like – I don't know, man. I don't want to get into losers – um, but some people are just, they're, they're just losers. You know, I feel bad. I'm sorry. Is this bad? Am I going to get canceled? I don't care. I don't some know. people, man, like, how do you not hate to lose? You know, they just take it too easily. Like some people Can't are just like, yeah, I lost, but you know, it's okay. Like it's not okay. No, be better. Exactly. Be better. And like, I hate when coaches are like, it's not about winning. Like it's, it's oh, absolutely about winning. It's one. It, it will always be about winning. You know what I mean? 
No, I agree. Like I don't. I just By don't. The way, it doesn't make I sense. I think that this is a perfect segue of sore losers and sore winners to our last podcast that we recorded. Okay. Woo Pig, Let's... Arkansas takes down yes. the UT Volunteers yes. in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Oh my and god! Sorry, UT fan base. I think that UT fan base is some y'all stuck with y'all's teams like throughout everything, and yes. I applaud y'all for that. But I have met some very, very sore losers in the UT Volunteer fan base, <laughs> and I hate to say it, but they have to like at some point you got to get used to it. I hope for the best <laughs> for y'all, and it turns around. But like, it has been a rough last oh. what decade. It's been bad, man. They haven't been relevant yeah. since. Never mind. I'm not going to go into it. Um, but man, you know, fortunately, I was in Fayetteville, and you were also with me, man. Wasn't that a good time? It was. It was. I was pleasantly surprised yeah. with the campus at Arkansas. Yeah, man. Fayetteville I had never was been awesome. there, and never really. Yeah, I never really like looked into it all that much, to be honest. And then going over there, we're lucky enough to go over there and get into the game and everything. And I mean, it was it was a great campus. I, I really liked it. Yeah, man. I, well, that means a lot to me, obviously, because I'm going to be going there next fall trying to get you to come with me. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. But excuse me. I don't I don't want to go into I don't want to be a sore winner because we were just talking about me being a sore winner. Right. But right. all I have to say to the Vols fans is I told you so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to go any further. Okay, I'm not going to run my mouth anymore. Just know that I told you so, right? Um, okay. I will. Here, Dunson, I'll do you a favor real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll elaborate. Please, on please do. This little situation. Thank you. As we all know, we are all Middle Tennessee guys. We all were raised in the Columbia Spring Hill area, and Dunson has had to deal with more UT fans coming at him than I've ever seen anybody else. Because, like, obviously, <laughs> we've said this on the podcast. I'm a Mississippi State fan. I've usually done pretty good about staying out of these conversations. I really don't hate UT that much. But Dunstan, <laughs> man, my boy Dunstan is not a fan of the UT Vols whatsoever. Understand and he that. is best friends. We are all best friends with the Teals, and the Teals are some big Vols fans. So Love I'm assuming them, yeah. even before that I was in the friend group, this is, this started way before <laughs> I came along. Oh, but yeah. not just them. I think that they are they're obviously great people and everything. So this oh, is yeah, not directed sure. towards the Teals. Just UT fans in general. But Dunstan, throw back to this quarantine and everything, and even earlier in the fall, Dunstan went out on the limb and said that if they have a bad season, that Jeremy Pruitt will be called, his head will be called for. Yes. And all everybody that we said that to denied it, said, no, there's no way. They love this guy. And lo and behold, here we are in November, and I have read multiple articles at this point that is calling for Jeremy Pruitt's head. Absolutely. And so I just got to, I have to give, Dunstan, some credit here. Thank Shout you. out, Dunstan. My <laughs> man, you were right. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> oh, man. Don't make my head bigger than it already is, bro. But <laughs> let's talk about this seriously for just a second, man. I, you know, I, I, tr I try to choose my words pretty carefully because... I, I don't know. I don't like to. I don't like to make people mad. I don't know. Sometimes I do. But when it comes to the Vols and like when I'm talking to you know my friends like Brax or Colton or or whoever it may be, my roommate JB, you know, I'm very articulate. Like I try to make it seem like I don't hate them as much as I do, right? Um, right. So, but at the beginning of the season, all I was saying to anybody was that why are you so convinced that Jeremy Pruitt is your guy? They're like, well, there's obvious, you know, he can obviously develop a player. Have you seen his rec recruiting classes? I was like, but 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 Butch Jones was 
a great recruiter. You go back and look, he had some great classes and he couldn't develop the players. And they're like, you know, well, I've already seen, I've seen for myself, I've seen the strides. We're, we're obviously heading the right direction. Look at the preseason ranking. But, I mean, they had an eight-game win streak, but it was kind of fool's gold. They beat a bunch of nobodies. And as soon as they ran into the Bamas, the Georgias, the, the Kentuckys, the, the Arkansas. The Arkansas, I knew it was coming. I knew the second you started chuckling, I knew the Arkansas was coming. I mean – they realized that they, they just weren't as good as they thought. And, I you know, I get it, but, like, I've never met, like, a fan base that's just so, like, they're very passionate. And I and Neyland is one of the greatest freaking places to watch a football game. I absolutely oh, no, no. love I, going to Neyland. Whenever 102,400 and whatever people sing Rocky Top, dude, it gives you chills. I mean, oh, I, no doubt. Freaking, like, yeah. And I would love for the Vols to be good, right? I went over this last time. But... At some point, you they're going to have to like take their team for what they are. I just feel like their expectations are always so high, and they love to buy into somebody so quick, and you know, and you and you cross them one time, and they're just like, "No, you're wrong. You're an idiot. Here's the proof." When there, in fact, is no proof. Do you get what I'm saying? No, I agree. And I, and like you said, I've been to quite a few games at Neyland Stadium. I think it is one of the best college venues for any sport out there. One of the best. And like I said earlier, I don't even hate UT. I don't even have a bone to pick with UTs. I have no problem with them. But I do agree, like I said, growing up in that in the middle of Tennessee area, there are a lot of ball fans out there. A so lot. So many. And like you said, they buy in quick. And I'll commend them. Like, congrats. Y'all are the most one of the most passionate passionate fan bases I've ever seen. They absolutely for any, are. For any level of any sport. And I applaud y'all for that. Do I think it bites them in the butt sometimes? Yes, 100%. Because like you said, they bought in when Butch was hired, and then that didn't go well. And then they bought in when Pruitt was hired, and then that hasn't panned out yet. He's not gone, so we're not going to write him off. We're not saying he's bad. It just hasn't panned out yet. So hopefully they can get it turned around for Vols fans out there. I don't know how much longer of a leash he's going to have. And again, this is not directed towards the fan base as a person. This is strictly the fanship aspect. Yeah, no, 100%. And I actually, on Against the Odds this week, I actually picked the Vols to cover 10.5 against Auburn. I don't think they're as bad as – and that that's another thing. They, they're very drastic with with um, how they feel about their team. At the beginning of the season, you know, I think even – Luke's not a Tennessee fan, but he picked Tennessee to win the East, right? I don't know if you remember that. It was from a third strike. He was like, I think Tennessee's going to win the East, and I laughed because – doesn't matter. Um, but now, now that they're not going to win the East, like it's like they're the worst team in the country. They're going nowhere. It's like they have nothing going for them. Like that's not true either, because like Vols fans, like listen, man, if nobody else in the world feels your pain, like I do. Like look at me, I'm a Razorback fan. We didn't win an SEC game for two and a half years. I mean, they're acting like the sky is falling. But, like, there's plenty of teams that are worse. I mean, I, have, as a fan, have been through worse than what the Vols fans have been. I think somebody came at me on Twitter and was like, hey, man, Dunstan, you don't – It was I was obviously running my mouth after the game on Twitter. Uh, go check out the, the picture I tweeted. Um, but <laughs> somebody was like, um, hey, man, you just you need to chill. You don't know what it's like to, been a, to be a Tennessee fan for the last 10 years. I was like, uh, hello? But do I? I was like, 
Okay. Like, yeah. What oh, did he say? Like, right. Yeah. Okay. It's been hard to be a Tennessee fan for the last 10 years. Try being a Razorback fan for the last 10 years. Like, oh my God. We've had multiple stretches in the last 10 years where we haven't won an SEC game in like double digit games, bro. So, like, I don't want anybody to come at me and be like, hey, you don't know what it's like. Like, I absolutely, I have lived it. I have lived it. And Arkansas is three and four. They're three and four. And I'm over the moon right now. You can't tell me anything. So, like, y'all are mad that you're two and four or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I just, I don't get it, man. You guys just need to chill out a little bit, okay? Chill. The world is not over. Jeremy Pruitt does is not purposely driving the program into the ground. I really think JG is the best quarterback you've got. So everybody's let's just chill, okay? Let's just take it I, easy. I think, I think I'm going to have to disagree with that. Really? I think those, I'm going to have to disagree. Well, yeah, go ahead. I think I'm going to have to disagree with that. Why don't you go ahead and explain My take something. on that, and okay, so I'm like I said, not a huge UT fan, but I've watched many UT games. Yeah. I've seen a lot, I mean a lot of Jared Garantano in person, on TV, everything in between. Yeah. I just don't necessarily think he's the best option at this moment. Interesting. I think that with the way the program is going, and like everybody's saying, they've got a lot of recruits, a lot of young guys that are going to come in and make a change. Let them make a change. And that doesn't necessarily mean this season, but what is, is it Harrison Bailey, the quarterback? The yeah, Harrison whatever Bailey, string quarterback at this. Yeah, he's second string, third string, depending on the day. Who knows? Right. I mean, let him go out there and get through his rookie mistake while he's still a rookie. Don't throw him in there as a junior or senior. And and then let him figure things out then because that's not necessarily how that works. Like we all saw what happened with Burrow. Yeah, Burrow's I mean a different animal, but he had a one season and what were they eight and four? And then the next year they're fifteen and zero and he's the number one pick. And he's a Heisman like, winner. Yeah, yeah, Heisman winner. Let Harrison Bailey get his lumps out now. I mean maybe if you're waiting for a, maybe a better offensive line or more weapons, I don't know. But at least let him hand it off to Eric Gray. I mean that dude is legit of what I've seen. Yeah. And I, I just think that they kind of need to start the transition of this is going to be Harrison Bailey's team or even Brian Maurer. Maybe this is his team in the next few years. Let them start to figure it out now. I just don't I don't necessarily 100% agree with continuing to go two and four for no developmental reason. Yeah. Uh, that's just my opinion. I Y'all can tell me I'm wrong in every comment section that we have. I, that's just my thoughts. No, like I don't disagree. So – what I was saying is that, and I what I think you were kind of indirectly saying, I mean, even though you kind of said you disagreed, but what I was saying was that JG gives the Vols the best chance to win right now, right? So, right. It, and that is, I mean, in my opinion, I think that's 100% true. He's got the most experience. He knows the offense. He's got, you know, connections with the wide receivers. He's been there. He's been through the ringer. He knows how to win in the SEC, blah, 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 blah. So on paper and, you know, maybe even on the field, JG gives them the best chance to win right now. However, to your point, I think it would be a genius move by Jeremy Pruitt to go ahead and let Harrison Bailey get the kinks out, man. He doesn't – this doesn't even count as a redshirt year. He can play – the rest of the season and still have a red shirt. You can you can literally have Harrison Bailey for six years, like yeah. if you wanted to. So since the season is, I'm not going to say in the gutter because it's really not, guys. It's really not that big of a deal. But since the season, since you aren't going to win the SEC East, why not go ahead and throw Harrison Bailey out there? Give him a chance next year and the year after that and the year after that to compete for the title. You know what I mean? Um, 
But no, I, I 100% agree. I think Harrison Bailey for the future is definitely, you know, the best option. But if they want to win right now, which I think is what they've been wanting to do because it is year three. They don't want to build for the future, but it looks like they're going to have to. I think that JG was the guy to try to win right now. But now that that ship has sailed, you know, you go ahead. Let Harrison Bailey start the rest of the season. Why not? Why not? Yeah, and they have good young receivers. I can't think of their names off the top of my head. I know one of them is Jalen Hyatt because he's a stud. Other than that, I don't know. Yeah, so they've got good receivers. Like I mentioned, Eric Gray still in the backfield for now. I think he's a great running back. I think that their offensive line, just of what recent C-bias, whatever you want to call it, isn't amazing, isn't terrible of the way they've been playing recently. I think that they could be very good. Um, And I think that you just send them out there and, like we said, just let them work the kinks out now, develop, develop on the field, if you feel like it's the healthy, safe option to put him out there, unless you think he's just going to go back there and get crushed, which I don't see that happening, and let him go play. And then that's when you're competing for the SEC East, when you have a third-year starting quarterback who's very talented, who's been in the system, on the field, in games. He's playing it on – like right now this year, he's playing in all SEC venues. And I know that the crowds aren't the same, but he's it's, it's still different than playing in practice, obviously or against, like, a mid-major. Like, you can play at home all day, right? You go on the road, play well against these other teams, and just get get accustomed to the life. And and then maybe the life will be three or four years down the road when that SEC East title comes back to Knoxville. But I just think the road's got to start somewhere, and I just – I don't necessarily, like we said, I don't see it happening this year, obviously. And then that's why I think you got to start planning for the future. Okay. Well, speaking of planning for the future and trying to win now and all that, right? I feel like the Titans have have made moves to try to win now, right? No, but I agree. The Tennessee I, I, Titans crazy. Are, are they're not they're not good. They're just they're just not good. They're they're 6 and 3. They're probably I think there are I want to say 9 Six and three teams in the league, and the Titans are probably in the bottom three of those nine teams. Um, and we've got the Ravens. Talent or just in the standing? Standing. No, no. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the way we're playing, not talent. Okay. Not standings. Okay. okay? I'm talking about uh, strictly just how we're playing, how they're playing. Because I'm not on the team. I get it. Um, but why don't you go ahead and why don't you just talk about the Titans a little bit, man? Like what? What's going on? Like, did you see the stat that before we lost the they excuse me before the Titans lost Taylor Lewan, they were completing I believe like sixty nine point nine percent of their passes, and since he's gone, it's dropped to like fifty something. Um, yeah, I just don't really I know mean, what's I, happening with the Titans right now, man. I think that obviously Taylor Lewan's a hit, and I know a lot of people are here and there on his personality. I personally love it. Huge fan. Shout out to the boys. Um, but I think that Taylor Lewan being out is a huge loss for us. Yeah. Now, do I think it's something that we could potentially overcome if we plan right? Yes. Does that necessarily mean that we're still that 5-0 and Super Bowl contender team? God. Clearly we're not. We're 6-3, and and we're 1-3 in on our last four games. We're, all, we're going downhill, and not, not even slowly. It's, it's been pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've I mean, lost we three of our what, last four games. Yeah, and we all watched what happened on Thursday. I mean, I hate to say this, and this is biased because I'm a Titans fan, 
I mean, the special teams just straight up blew that game. And I think that we have a chance to win without those plays. And now you can obviously say, oh, well, if we didn't let them score, we would have won. Well, yeah, obviously. Thanks. Like, great point. <laughs> but I think that the special teams between the 17-yard punt, the blocked punt, the missed field goals, I mean, that right there resulted in a 17-point swing. And guess how much we lost by? 17. Yep. 17 now, points. does that take, yeah, does that take away how poorly we played in the second half as a whole? No. And does that take away how poorly we played against the Bengals? No. But I think that we're a good team. We have some things to figure out. What's really killing me right now is other, obviously, the last team or last week's special teams, but the defense. The defense is absolutely mind boggling to me. <laughs> I know we lost Logan Ryan. I know that Azori's been out, but it's, I just watch it every week. And I'm sitting there, and all of our corners are seven yards at minimum off the receivers. Yeah. And then the quarterbacks, I think if you, I think there was a stat I saw a couple weeks ago that, like, the the quarterbacks against the Titans were getting the ball out faster than anybody in the league. And everybody wants to say how terrible of a signing it was for Vic Beasley and Jadavion Clowney. Now, I agree with the Vic Beasley. It didn't work out like we all thought it would or at least hoped for it to. Jadavion has been playing well. I mean, he chased down a running back from the backside the other day. That is just crazy athleticism. I mean, yeah. insane athleticism. And I don't think it's on him that he's not getting the sacks. Now, there's a few plays here and there that our D-line should have gotten the sack and didn't complete the play. Yes. But should they have more opportunities? Yes. We're just playing too far off the ball. The quarterbacks essentially just have to take it, rotate, and throw. And they're, the receivers are open because they're, I mean, they're starting with seven yards of separation. And I understand that if we're playing Tyree Kill or like a John Ross type, even though John Ross is not good, but you just speedy receiver. <laughs> yeah, you're right, right, right. But but we're giving seven, ten yards of comfort to a tight end and a slot, and and I mean just the the possession receivers, and it's like they're called possession receivers because they possess the ball, and we're just letting them do that way too easily. Yeah. So I think we've got to change the scheme up, man. I agree, man. And, you know, you, you talked about us losing a couple guys, but you you kind of left off the most important person that we lost. Dean Pease. Hey. Yep, that's it. I mean, oh, my God. Because this brings up the question, right? Like, how how great is Dean – like, is, it, is Dean Pease, like, that big of a game changer? I would have to uh, yeah. say so. He has to be. I mean, he he's coached some of the best defenses in the last twenty years. Yeah, I mean, but the fall off is just insane, man. Because even the games that we've won, it hadn't been by except for the Bills, it hadn't been by a lot. I we've won no. most of our games. I would I would venture to say by by one possession. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think you're correct on that. And hear me out now. There are there are some people out there, and I like to think that this is um, somewhat of like a vol Twitter rollover I want to say uh, because the Vols Twitter is insane and they can get coaches hired and fired at the drop of a pin it's crazy I've seen people calling for Mike Vrabel's head and I just want to throw this out there I am still a huge Mike Vrabel guy I think he's the best head coach we've had in a long time yes he has his flaws but which one of them doesn't I think his biggest mistake as a head coach though thus far is not hiring a defensive coordinator I'd have to agree with that. And I know our Talking Tennessee boys talked about it a couple weeks ago, I believe, on their podcast. And, I mean, and what they pretty much said was, like, is it time to fire Mike Brable? And then, of course, I clicked on it because I was like, what are these guys talking about? And 
I mean, look, it worked. The title worked. It got me intrigued. And That's I went beautiful. To Love it. the clickbait. <laughs> I mean, it was great. But I went and listened to it, and obviously they clarified, fire him as the D coordinator. And I know, obviously, that doesn't mean fire him as the D coordinator. That's not how that works. But I agree. I think that – and we all talked about it before the season even started, how big of a mistake could this be, and it has only played out into the fattest mistake that he's made as a head coach. Yeah, And this definitely. is the same guy that is smart enough to take multiple – delay of game penalties in a playoff game this is also the same guy that put 12 men on the field only a few weeks ago to give more time for his offense to go down the field and score because he's confident in them because they put up points most weeks I think there's only been what I'm looking at it I think two weeks where we really just haven't put up points yeah that being the Colts and the and the Broncos games I think everything else we've pretty much scored pretty healthily but the point of it is I, I mean, Dean Pease was at the game and he, the other day, and he still does all of – I've listened to him multiple times on the radio talking Titans. Oh, look, I know. I know. He's old. He retired for a reason. But is it worth a phone call at the end of the season? Just maybe he'll come back or maybe he has, like, a recommendation of some sort, somebody he's worked closely with or that has coached uh, under him over the years. We have to do something about this or we're going to be 9-7 and seven for the next 20 years. The Titans should just name him interim defensive coordinator, right? I don't know if that's a thing. I might have just made that up off the top of my head. Go ahead and name D- Dean Pease the interim defensive coordinator and try to help have him help feel out for a new defensive coordinator, somebody that feels the same way, thinks the same way, has the same schemes, because something's got to be done. Like you've said, it's just it's painful to watch. Remember when we were sitting there 5-0, and we were the number one seed in the AFC. We were world beaters, man. Me and you were texting back and forth. We're going to win the Super Bowl. It's going to happen. We looked like contenders. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're just – we're not. We lose three out of four games out of nowhere um, to the Bengals, to the Colts. The Steelers – I'll ta- I'll wear the Steelers one on the chin. They're a better football team. They're cold. They are absolutely dirty. They're very um, good. But the Bengals are not a better football team than the Tennessee Titans. The Colts are not a better football team than the Tennessee Titans. Now, there is the Colts curse where we just cannot beat the Colts, and I hate that, but it's true. But we're losing to teams that we 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 always play awful against the Colts. It doesn't matter who the, it could it's could be Philip Rivers who's played in the year the league for twenty years, or it could be Jacoby Brissett's first start, and they'd still beat us. Doesn't make any sense. They could go one and fifteen, and that one win would be against the Titans. But that's besides the point. Okay, my point is is. You should not be losing to teams that you are infinitely better than. I'm not saying we're infinitely better than the Colts, okay? We're better than them, but not infinitely better. But we are infinitely better than the Bengals, infinitely. And I just don't see how. It's like we it's like we, we got a bunch of success and just remembered, oh, crap, you know, we're the Tennessee Titans. We can't do this. It's, this isn't right. And then we just decided to, yeah, you know, we're just going to tighten our way back to the bottom of the AFC South. And keep in mind, this Bengals team that we're claiming we're infinitely better than didn't even have their offensive line. Literally, it they was were a, all, out. all new. It was a thrown together offensive line. Literally I mean, if I had together. a dollar, if I had a dollar for every article that I read that said Titans get right week, which essentially just means they're going to win this game and get back on track, I would have many more dollars than I have currently. Okay, <laughs> and we. Well, I, I was reading into it, and I was like, look, we're going to blow out the Bengals. We're going to be 6-1. and one. Everything's going to be okay. And then all of a sudden, we're 4-2. and two. And then we go play the Bears, 
who I, I mean, just have to be the flukiest, weirdest team that I've watched in a long time. Yeah. They kind of remind me of the Titans of the last couple of years in the sense of how much better their defense was than their offense. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the biggest, like, weird thing for us Titans fans right now is we're used to losing because our offense can't score. We're used to the Marcus Mariota days, but one week we put up 40 and one week we put up 10. And now this offense, like I said earlier, we're putting up points. We're an efficient offense. Now we've been lackluster the last couple of weeks, but we're a good offense. We have a lot of talent. I think when Adam Humphreys gets back healthy, that'll help this offense back out a ton. But and We have a really good offensive I mean, line, too. Our offensive line is cool. Yeah. They are very good. And I even think without, even without, even Lamont, without yeah, exactly. Go ahead. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, even without Lawan, I mean, I think Sembriallo has done a pretty daggum good job. Everything we've asked him in. to do. Yeah, he has. And now, yes, there are some plays that Taylor Lawan can make and some schemes that you can do that Sembriallo can't. And that, yeah, that hurts us to an extent. But it shouldn't be what the stat you said earlier, where we're losing almost what twenty percent, twenty percentage points of our pretty much twenty, uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much 20 points. And it's like, that can't happen. And that has to, that can't just be because LaJuan's not on the field. That has to be, LaJuan's not on the field, something's wrong with the scheme. I know Adam Humphreys is out, like I said. But, I mean, we're just lackluster right now. We're 6-3. and three. Like you said, we were the number one seed in week six, I think, or even week, going into week going seven, into we week were the number one seed. Seven, yeah, because we were 5-1. and one. And or so, no, 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 we, we were, were five and zero oh with the bye, so we would be going into week seven oh, to play right, six right. game. My bad, my bad. Yeah, so even we were at the five and one, one I was pretty sure we were close. Not, we weren't number one because of the Steelers, obviously, but we were still up there. Yeah, I think we were at worst maybe the three or four seed, and I think that's even a stretch at four. But and now we're not even in the playoffs. And when I say we're not in the playoffs right now, I mean we're not even close. And that, yeah, that can change if we win and all the other teams lose. Obviously, we're back to the playoffs. But the point of it is you can't have this big of a fall off and not turn it around soon. And it's not getting easier with the Ravens. I know they didn't play well the other night, but the Ravens are a good football team. Yeah. The Colts again, who clearly just, I mean, beat the crap out of us. And then the Browns and I, the Browns are what they are. Some weeks are good. Some weeks are not They're If they show up and they're good and we lose that game, we mess around, lose to the Colts again. And then we get beat by a good Ravens team. Boys, did this go south fast, and then we got to just hope and pray that a lot of teams lose and finish it out with the Jags, the Lions, the Packers, and the Texans, and just got to go four and out at that point. Absolutely, man. Well, listen, bro, we're out of time. We've been going for forty minutes somehow. It flew by, but why don't you go ahead and hit us with a third strike if you've got one? Oh, let me think. I've got All one. Right, so oh, my- you, you go ahead. You go ahead. I got one. So my third strike is, I've seen a lot of this. This has been a big topic of discussion in NFL Twitter and everything. Who are the best receivers? Okay. And Michael Thomas claimed he was the best. Eh. I don't agree with that. I Eh. think he's very good. I know he's been hurt this year. I don't think he's the best. I think that the best receiver, just as far as talent and build and everything, is Julio Jones. But two receivers that have just absolutely shown up and are claiming that top spot for me right now, are Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. Now, do I think Julio needs the ball a little bit more to be as used as he should be? Yes. But the point is, is DeAndre Hopkins is an absolute monster. Shout out to Bill O'Brien for getting him out of the AFC South. That is the best thing the Texans have done for us in a long time. <laughs> and Devontae Adams is consistent every week. I know we're going to have a what it was like week 16 or 15 matchup against them, so hopefully he doesn't 
he doesn't pull that card on me whenever we get there. Yeah. But I think those are the two of the best receivers in the game right now. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, I'd even throw Calvin Ridley at the beginning of the season was playing pretty great football. He got hurt. You know, he's not doing as well now. But he's up there, too. Uh, my third strike is going back to college football. It's kind of a hot take. It might not be a hot take. I think that the Arkansas Razorbacks got the best offseason head football coach hire in the SEC. I think that we, we've, we've beaten Kiffin. We've beaten – Leech, no offense to you. Sorry, forgot about that. No, yep, no, no. By <laughs> the way, he, talking about the sky is falling. The sky is falling. <laughs> it's bad over there. And I think the Hogs will beat Drinkwitz uh, come Missouri in, in two weeks, the week after Saturday. So I do think that Arkansas ended up getting the best hire in the SEC. Uh, I don't know if that just falls strictly on the shoulders of Pittman, but it falls really a lot on the shoulders of, of his staff. Uh, I'm just glad they have beaten Kiffin, they've beaten Leach, and I think they'll beat Drinkwitz, man. But that's pretty much all we have this week for the Common Fan. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, go visit our website, thecommonfanofficial.com. That's pretty much all. Matt, you got anything else to add? I think we're good. Go Titans. Let's get a dub this week. Go Titans. Go Hogs. Go Vols if you're into it. We'll see you guys next time. (laughs) Peace out.